You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty-five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. like the boys in the boat i was expecting i don't know maybe a comedy or something doesn't sound like um, a comedy or a porn film to be fair well i mean it sounds like um well it sounds like the boys in the band which is a gay movie about yeah. a bunch of gay guys being mean to each other at a birthday party i mean <laughs> so that would have been fun boys that was a, fun boys in a boat is like one of my favorite fucking genres it's like you know <laughs> well, you, that's a genre yeah, you got master and commander white squall uh, okay, that's uh, perfect storm oh, per- perfect, perfect storm, storm perfect yeah. storm of character he's, he's actors. doing the, he, nathan's doing the white squall uh name drop because he just he's, he's been watching all his ridley scott um well also and, like, can you, you know, think of another movie that them, has probably. this many twinks in a boat oh <laughs> since gosh. white squall okay twink is a very specific meaning to it and i don't think just because you're a young attractive male makes you a twink oh well you have to be gay Frank, too. am i wrong you gotta be you gotta, you gotta be, be gay, gay. Yeah. Gotta be i'm gay. talking about the yeah. cast of uh boys in the boat and well be, unless they're all gay they ain't twinks i'll be anything. surprised i was kind of surprised that there wasn't a storyline of that in this movie but also twinks are like um like uh Twinks aren't buff. I mean, t- t- twinks don't. You tell me, jo- are you telling me Josh Charles in White Squall isn't a twink? That's okay. exactly what I'm saying. We, we, we got to stop a talking about White Squall, okay. please, because no one likes that movie. But we but can do you. another release. Really <laughs> we can talk about another release. Ooh, The Counselor. No, okay, Ooh. okay. So White Squall's better than that. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about The Boys in the Boat, which is the latest George Clooney directed film. Which Once Upon a Time was something I was like, ooh, a new George Clooney film. I'm excited to see what this is going to be. Now does it come with a groan? Now it comes with a, oh boy, here we go. (laughs) But you know what? I keep giving him chances because George Clooney, man, he's just one of the classiest guys in Hollywood, right? Yeah, yeah. Now it comes with a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes score. Genuinely, like, nice guy. Yeah, genuinely nice guy, humanitarian. Yeah. And someone, Um, you can tell when someone's, like, really grateful for for their success. Yeah. And, And like, at one point, we were all like, he's the new Cary Grant. You know, yeah. like only not gay. The, Ooh, yep, only not. Well, I thought Cary Grant was. I didn't think Cary Grant was gay. Yeah, yeah, he well, was, he's he bisexual. Was uh, yeah, they say he was gay. All right, well, yeah. that's you know, you're you have a bias to be uh, fair. I, I don't, but find definitely Cary Grant. bisexual. I don't find Cary Grant attractive. So, uh, oh, okay, so you don't care. Yeah, I, I do, what about Robert Redford? Oh man, oof. No, we're yes. not going down this path. indecent proposal. In, dumbest plot no, to a movie. In, in Legal <laughs> Eagles. Oh. <laughs> legal eagles. <laughs> I was gonna say eight days or three. Anyway, so George Clooney, oh, yes. one of our favorite guys. <laughs> yeah, we love George Clooney, who's not in a boat in this movie, and, 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 and who is not gay. We d- he just hasn't directed a good film in some time. So I was a little cynical about the boys in the boat here. 
which also more cynical because his leading star here is the entire all but charismaless Callum Turner, <laughs> who I mean, come on. I've been lusting over Callum Turner since oh, Green Room. He's a good looking oh guy. Oh, he's in Green Room. He's That's a, what yes. it was. He's yes, a he's real good looking guy. But come guy. on, come on. I mean, like he plays Theseus Scamander in the Fantastic Beasts movies, which I even I have seen those movies and went, I don't remember. I that. thought you were I, about to tell me that that was his name in this movie, and I'm like, I did not track that. I, I, I thought it was Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Joe. Joe Rance. This takes place in the late 1930s. It is based on a true story, which I didn't know. And that's the most impressive part about this. All this actually happened. I was like, wow, I didn't actually know about any of this. Because yeah. when we think about the 19, was it 38 Olympics? Everybody, mm-hmm. you think about one Jesse person. Owens. Jesse Owens. Yeah, of course. Who does have yeah. a very brief appearance in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Well, didn't that make you think of that movie Race from a few years back? When, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah when... Um, when that was the Jesse Owens story, when he yeah. went to the to the Olympics, yeah, the which is day. a much more interesting story. It was a yeah. it's a much more interesting story, and it was told much more interestingly. Because here's the thing: like he is like he broke all sorts of ground in terms of like you know like first black athlete like right. to really like win all these golds there. Plus, it was like the year Hitler was coming into power, mm-hmm. and like they didn't like that at all. The Lenny, obviously. the Lenny, R- R- you never say her name, right? Lenny Raffenstall. R- yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that that whole aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but. There was another story that gets that's gotten buried, which is this one, which is that back in the days before America had real sports, uh, we, had, <laughs> we had crew or rowing, <laughs> which America was apparently all a god. Uh, that over. was like that was appointment like television or radio listening yeah, at the time. Like, according to this movie, it was like every, all Americans glued to their radios, <laughs> dying to know who's the fastest. You couldn't rower. get a haircut if there was a if there was a regatta going <laughs> on. So sorry, I, I, I can't cut when when I've got so much tension in my stomach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Callum Turner plays Joe Rance, who is a very underprivileged guy who's gotten into this smaller college in Seattle, Washington, but nonetheless is. Like, this is a big deal for him because his dad abandoned him when he was a kid. He's been raising himself since he was 14. Like, he's doing literally living without sleep largely just to be able to pay for college. And you can tell all that by the very nuanced way that the movie has him say, my dad left me when I was 14. Well, I mean, I I don't know how we're supposed to know that. they got to have exposition at some point. (laughs) Uh, But, like, he's struggling through it. There's, like, the hot chick who's like, remember me from school? And he's like, yeah. That little Kirsten Dunst clone? Yeah, a little Kirsten Dunst clone. And then she says, oh, your name is Joe Rance, right? And I'm like, okay, now I got the name. All right, all right. I'm sorry. It's just one of those movies. Uh, But he's like, I don't know. They're telling him, like, like, you know, when we said we could put off the second half of your uh, payments for college? Well, we can't put it off much longer, so you got to figure out a way to make money. He's looking for a job anywhere he can. He finds out that the rowing team at school will actually pay for room and bo- room and board and give you a stipend that it would be enough for him to pay yeah. for school. And he's like, okay, it's incredibly hard. Tons of people show up for this thing, but spoiler, he makes the team. <laughs> and it's incredibly difficult sport. I watch it. I'm just like, yeah, that looks like something I could not do. No, not, I, even in my I, best form of my I life. Go, I go to orange theory and I, the warm up is on the rower and like, if the warm up, the warm up to each like gym class, gym session lasts for like two minutes 
and then I'm ready to get off the rower. Like watching these guys, I had like nothing but my admiration. family had <laughs> yeah. a rowing team in uh, Wisconsin. Of course they I did. Would, I would row. What else is there to do in Wisconsin? <laughs> I mean, it was dragon boat rowing, so it was really yeah. fucking cool. I don't know what that yeah. is, but that's okay. okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. so, it's a tough sport, is all I'm saying. So like, it's this guy who's a total loner. He's like really used to like nobody getting his back. He just like kind of keeps to himself. Um, like if he didn't get rowing, he probably would have been a serial killer. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, despite the fact he's startlingly attractive, as Frank pointed yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but not as lusty as it was in green room. That like punkish, <laughs> like wannabe bad boy. Oh, that does it for me. But he makes the team, and the really other main character is Joel Edgerton, who's playing the coach of the team, Albrechtson, who is being pressured. Like you guys got to do something. Not this Sam year. Worthington. You got to do something. You got to do something this year because this team. I mean, we suck. We've sucked for a long time. And like we got we got to do some sort of showing this year. But the, right off the bat, they're like, OK, even though this and they're not even the main team that everybody looks at the senior team. They're the new team of kids that yeah. are coming in. The And they're like, uh, these guys, despite not really having the pattern of working together yet, there's something there. Of course, there yeah. is because this is an underdog sports movie. Yeah. So it's really about all that. But what is it really about? Well, it's about George Clooney telling you about the benefits of a meritocracy as opposed to a <laughs> capitalistic system. Well, you know, it's more subtle than he usually is about that sort of thing. It is, yeah, this is him being at his more at his most subtle. Um, but at the same time, this is him being. Um, it's funny because there's some. So much of this movie is not subtle, and uh, you can tell. And the biggest way is how overscored this movie. Oh my god! It's Alexander Desplat, who, who, you know, who's rightfully acclaimed and has had a great but career, but has also had scores like this. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. A little twinkly. Yeah, he's kind of taken <laughs> so the Thomas Newman. Today. Like <laughs> I know, I can, I can, I can induce you to do some twinks, yeah, Nathan. I was gonna say, <laughs> I think I've already met some at karaoke. You have met Callum a couple at karaoke. Turner is not a twink. He is not. You might be. <laughs> so okay so so so, so so the jockey he's a twink yeah, yeah okay uh so by the way that's frank hi i'm frank that's that's nathan yes nathan I, the twink i'm nathan the twink <laughs> you're too old to be a twink now nathan oh yeah, yeah that's true yeah, the yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's pushing 30 he, he's a there's got to be a term for that though is it like twinker or something no, we just say we, we just like twinkle uh, bell my my my, <laughs> my boyfriend and i whenever we were in a gay bar and we see like a, a an older twink like you know just making a fool of himself as if as, as if he's still like 22 we say oh when twinks get old <laughs> <laughs> it's the saddest thing it is the saddest thing anyway so yeah this is ultimately like at its core it's it's a movie for dads it's it really it's like a movie your dad loves it, it's a uh, underdog sports film with everything, literally everything that comes with that, with a little bit of a little bit of political undercurrent. I mean, it's there throughout it, but you can ignore it if you choose to. It's just knowing Clooney. You're like, yeah. he really wants you to know to like to at least subliminally take in that, hey, like money and power investing itself in things that everybody loves is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You should like it should be based entirely on skill because the school has to deal with all sorts of barriers that keep yeah. coming even after they're super successful with this team because nobody wants the poor uh-huh. school to be the best at what they do. And, and it's um god it's just I don't want to shortchange it especially if it did happen but it's every conflict in this movie felt like such hollow conflict. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's just like at one point, like our biggest stumbling block is a stomach bug. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... um. Well, I mean, the biggest stumbling block here is the fact that 
this is a movie that the most interesting characters are not the main character. Like, uh-huh. like the guy who yeah. you're talking about who gets the stomach bug at one point, he's clearly the most interesting character yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Who's this like, I'm scared to talk to anyone, but they're like, oh my God, he can do anything. They are like, this guy is so skilled. He's yeah. like a master piano player yeah. and just can do anything. And he's the, he's the key rower. And yet we, even by the end, we're like, I, we, I know nothing about and this that, guy. I, I forgot what his name is. Yeah, actually. exactly. You're and, just like, what is up with that guy? Whereas you, in the uh, other hand, we've got the guy just cause he's poor is our main character. As <laughs> I can tell. Well, it's all- <laughs> It's based on a book. I wonder whose book it's based on. If it's based on a novel or not a novel, but it's. I mean, who wrote this? It's. Uh, it is based Seeing based Stag on Stag R. Lee. No, it's based on a book by the same name by Dan, soon, by, by Daniel James Brown. I I don't know who that is. Dan Brown. Yeah. Uh, no, Dan Brown not, wrote this not, book. Not, <laughs> the Vinci Code. not the same. That would be weird. Robert right? Langdon is the coach <laughs> of this team. It was his third book. Uh, by the way, it was the 1936 Olympics, not 38. I said okay. I, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, this is fine. I like, I, so we saw Next Goal Wins, which I know you liked, which you're, Frank, but you're literally the only person I know who liked that movie. No, but I don't liked it a lot. Different. Okay, so I know two people now who liked yeah. it. Well, well, I think I'd I have been, to take your word for well, it. Well, I've been seeing, it. like, a, a, a lot of, like, <laughs> it's one of the situations where I saw a lot of heavy things and oh. then that was a nice palette, palette cleanser but i was like was... this is more what i want from a sports underdog story and also, from a movie and, that was so relentlessly and, unfunny and also that it. one that movie's i mean this movie is not a comedy but that movie's comedy i thought was very refreshing no i, I felt exactly the opposite Rel- oh, okay. i described right. it as relentlessly unfunny where's, i haven't what, seen what, next goal wins but what, what, this is uh, making don't a great conversation uh, where's sparta mike when you need him? anyway my point being is that i found that like i like a sports underdog movie even though you're like this is nothing new but like if you can get all the details right and get your energy up for it and get where you're actually rooting for the team then i'm like okay you got me the yeah. best well, version what, of this is. movie is something like miracle where if it like it's on TV, I'm gonna like stick around a little bit longer. Well, the best version of this movie is Rocky, but but yeah, you know, well, like you, you know, know what I mean. like sometimes in ter- terms of because I don't compare movies because that's not fair to the movies. Yeah, no sport movie has ever been alike because um um that's dismissive, and I love film too much to do that. Uh, but I say I will say in terms of genre, the sports underdog movies sometimes you know it's almost like. I don't want to say it's like a niche that, that that needs to be scratched, but sometimes you you want to go to your, like your favorite restaurant, have your favorite kind of meal, and you want to deliver what you want to deliver. Yeah. And in that in in that sense, Clooney does get that right, largely. But, yeah. Largely, but there's no disguising the fact that this is an, a, an a very inspiring story told in one of the most uninspired ways the only thing about it that i think was like okay this was where he actually put in some work where towards the latter part of the film when he's really trying to cinematically show you what this experience is of eight men becoming one right i think he does some really cool visual stuff with Mm -hmm. that where i'm like oh this is cool like what you're doing putting you into the actual regatta first person sequences that that is cool but like a lot of it is just so cliched, it's just downright corny at and, points. And it also, also has a big lull in the between the first act and the second act, well, where you're just like, well, oh, yeah, that's I've interesting, seen this movie Nathan. Before I need a cold brew. No, no, yeah, that's yeah. interesting, Nathan. You and did you, literally go get and a cold brew. I wonder yeah. if anybody else is thinking because I did feel that lull. I, I, at one point, I was thinking to myself, shouldn't we have seen more races? Yeah, yeah. Like I felt like maybe because they were done so well, and I, you know, when you're in those races, you feel like you are in those races, which is what you want to feel in a sports movie. You feel like you want to be there in that moment, and he does that. But I felt like, did we only see three? 
or yeah. four. Yeah, there I weren't felt, a lot. I, yeah, and I and felt they like, rushed through the second one really heavily. They do. You they felt do. like there should have been a montage or something, or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple montages, but and but are... not of all the races that we missed. Yeah, you know, there should feel like there should have been a montage of races. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's hitting, you guys are like an overnight success. It's pretty hitting, much. It's just, hitting all the other trope things. Why not do that as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially I mean, especially if that's its strongest element. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, its strongest element really is the fact that yeah, I want to watch a halfway decent sports underdog film and it hits all those it knocks all those things that are like it yep, is do that, perfectly do that, do adequate that, do that. it's exactly it's perfectly <laughs> adequate it's honestly i would think it was a pretty good sports movie if it wasn't for some wobbly aspects of it that yeah. send the whole thing like like they keep saying in the movie if all eight people aren't working totally in tandem everything fails they have to yeah. work as one yeah and the problem in this movie is that not all the aspects of it are working in tandem we already mentioned no. the score which is kind of corny um, I think there's a lot of really overtly corny sequences. The, the fact that Hitler is in the film and he does everything but throw his hat on the ground in anger, which yeah. I honestly expected him to do. Well, it's also, it's, it's, all, it's <laughs> also very, I don't want to say, I mean, they're all like, well, you know, it's, it's a very bad Hitler. Yeah. It's a really bad Hitler. <laughs> it's a very bad Hitler. Yeah, for a second I was like, did they get... Did uh, they get Taika back uh, for this? What's his name? John Slattery? Is that, I'm like, is that hey, John Taika, Slattery? Taika was the best Hitler ever. I'm sorry. Wait, sorry? Taika was the best Hitler Oh, uh, he, yeah. he was the most but fun Hitler. Everybody, let's do our Hitler if you, power if you, ranking. Like best. If you want to find a fun Hitler, I mean, that you couldn't be more far than Taika Waititi. <laughs> my favorite is LSD and uh, producers. Oh, oh my boy. gosh. Um, All right. Well, yeah, hey. I don't know. I mean, like Edgerton is playing it like gruff, but like... One of the problems here in the movie as well is that there's really only two female characters in the whole movie, and both of them are only there to prop up the men in their lives. And Which it's is, kind of um, such an old... Like, it's such a But Chris, you have such a film. hard time podcasting all the time. I mean, like, nobody knows the sacrifices that you make, so I'm doing, an, impre- you, uh, I'm doing an impression of every female character. But, but, also like, yeah. but also, like, I don't know where else to put them in the story at the same time. No, yeah. I mean, I agree, but at the same point, like, why do it then? You know, why have like, them at all? there's got to be a way to make them more interesting. Give yeah. them something interesting to say, even like, especially there, considering there moments, that Clooney has become a wife guy. Like, I'm not. I, even, I don't I'm think not that... even kidding. The one moment where like Edgerton's wife inspires him is by saying, "You want to fuck," and that's well, like what? <laughs> that's it. Well, I don't know what I, I I don't know what else to give them in this story. Yeah. yeah. No, but like at, I don't, at I, least I, to, to be honest, they don't even really belong in the story. No, I mean you could at least go like, okay, so maybe uh, like we don't know. Nobody really knows what their relationship is like so make them presuppose they were a more interesting part of the conversation the best you know? version but then, i think i think the the risk you run with that is it feels forced the know. best version of that kind of character is like the wife in ford v ferrari though you know I mean, that's not a high bar because that movie's shit. Okay, but well, uh, I, I, I like that movie. That's one of the best dad movies I've seen. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. We're just spies, also. Uh, I mean, we're talking about dad movies, and this is definitely a dad movie. Greyhound. I need to watch that one. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I'm sorry, Tom Hanks, but that movie was bad. You should Tom have Hanks have played the coach in this movie? You know, I would have probably liked it more if he had. And I like Joel Edgerton. I, I, no, but... I see. This is the first time I actually liked Joel Edgerton. Really? You didn't like him yes. in Master Gardener? Uh, he, was, he was good in Master I Gardener. I generally yeah. like Joel Edgerton a lot, and mm-hmm. I just thought he was miscast here. Really? Like, I thought he was good, but it really felt like... He was uh, the only interesting performance It for felt me. like they couldn't get Kyle Chandler, and they were like, all right, Joel... <laughs> We'll put you in. But I'm wondering right. now, I'm picturing this movie with Tom Hanks in it. And of course, you can already see that movie. Of course, I could have seen Kyle Chandler as well. You're right. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like already done this. Yeah. You know? He's already done this, but, <laughs> but you know, it also needs to be like... somebody who could 
fit into that period. You can't just stick anybody into that period. Yeah, you could fit. like obviously stick like Kyle Chandler. In. Um, well, I mean, no, Cal- no, I mean that's why he would work. Yeah. Callum you know, Turner's yeah. having a hard time fitting into Callum. this period. Callum. Callum. I said yeah. Callum. I thought said Kyle. No, I said Callum. Oh, okay, Callum. I was literally looking at his name. Oh, as okay, I said it, so. all right. That, <laughs> that's porn. Chris just showed me porn. I'm just like, I feel violated. Nick out and he's just like. <laughs> Yeah, you're not from Nathan. 19- then looked over. I was like, you know, I like. I was, I, was like I was like, is there a picture? Is it just his name is born? Just his name. I was like, I was like, you're, I was like you're not from 1936. <laughs> really? They didn't make men like you in oh, 1936. Callum Turner? Yeah, yeah no, I was like, oh, green room. I kept looking through all the like people in this movie. I'm like, were you in West Side Story? Like, were yeah, you, you were in West Side Story? I don't know. Ultimately, no. None of no them. one. Not uh, a I'm like one? they were all on the short list, though. I <laughs> guess that. I guess I do appreciate the lack of name, lack of uh, big names. Well, I mean, here. it's probably good because there's not a lot of characterization. There isn't here, but they they do posit at one point when they announce like all the uh, the the final eight after all the weeks of trying out and. Um, each one is introduced and the, they the camera cuts to them and they each give like a hint of personality like oh like yeah i'm yeah or i'm i'm this guy or oh yeah i yeah, picked and you know and that's as far as we get yeah yeah i i wanted more <laughs> from the the friendly media guy which is played by chris diamantopoulos who uh you've saw him on silicon valley right, and yeah, a bunch yeah, of others. Yeah. he's one of those guys like where do i know him from he's been in a bunch of stuff the three stooges but, movie. yeah three stooges movie oh i fair. forgot about the three stooges <laughs> movie I've with always, sean hayes i've always yeah. found him really Starring snooki he's a very charismatic <laughs> and like he's got one of those guys like he just looks at the camera you're like what does this guy got to say and <laughs> they don't give him enough to do here you're like they yeah. feel like he's about to be a bigger part of this film than he ever is and you're yeah like, eh. yeah you're right anyway yeah. let's go to final thoughts nathan why don't you get us started um this is this is a classic like I'm not uh, okay. I'll just say my rating up front. It's five out of ten twinks on a boat, uh, <laughs> and, or I guess eight. Uh, this Again, is a, not twinks. This is a classic. You're giving this an eight out of ten? No, no, no. Out of eight people. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, although, seven out, you're giving this a seven out of eight. That, no, no, no. I did not. I said five, but okay. it would probably be more like a three. Doesn't matter. This is a classic <laughs> George Clooney movie where it's like it's competently directed enough to where you can't really hate it, but it really leaves a lot to desire in every other department. I think the race scenes are really well shot at points um the cast uh could be fun under better direction and with a better cast i don't know it, it's just it's one of those movies that like it's already leaving my brain after we watched it i thought the period setting was well done even though some people felt incongruous to the period um the ideal version of this movie would be a movie that i'd revisit you know like maybe three years from now and be like you know what that was really pleasant, and I cannot see myself doing that with this movie because it's just it's. You've seen this movie before if you're listening, even if yeah. you haven't seen this movie before. True, but you've yeah. seen it if you've seen the trailer. I, I didn't even watch. The I mean, trailer. What, you know, all I, I saw was George Clooney with a mask near a boat, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Did he direct the Tender Bar? I was trying to remember. He did direct okay. the Tender Bar. I liked it, which I liked it too. I like uh, that too. Yeah. I like it fine, but it's it's, one it's of the those... best Ben Affleck performance we've had in a long time. <sighs> The last duel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your rating. Okay, I already Frank, gave my rating. Frank, what's yours? Um, I don't like Hitler. I was just that out there. <laughs> wow, hot take. <laughs> I think he's bad. I think Hitler was bad. You know, he's no longer with us. But I think he was bad. Um, it's wrong. It's bad to speak ill of the dead. Uh, um, yeah. well, well, the dead speak. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, I think that I really think this is this. also Henry Kissinger is terrible. Okay. <laughs> Just I'm yeah. trying to be topical. Okay, Fuck that okay. guy. <laughs> I miss Rosalind Carter. Yeah, um, we all do. She was my she was my hero. Um, I think that this would be the movie to beat if this was the year 2000. Um, <laughs> If this was competing against Green Room. If this I mean, was I mean, the year I mean, like, 1944. I mean, they, I, mean they, I, I, I still, every time I think of the year 2000, I pull that year out because I think they nominated Shock a lot for Best Picture and Almost Famous was right there. Shock a lot is a really good film. Well, they though. did yeah. give the Oscar the to film, the sickest Almost Famous was not even nominated. Like, fair. Yeah. yeah right. Fair. They gave the Oscar to the sickest movie that year. Um, who won that year? Gladiator. Gladiator. Ugh. Okay. All right. Directed by like fucking, father to a murdered son. Some, some new kid or something. Overrated garbage. So, so. Some hack director. Is he yeah. still alive? Yeah, literally a hack director <laughs> on his birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ridley Scott. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Ridley, get the fuck out of here. Ridley <laughs> um, Scoot. This, yeah, like I said, this is uh, you know, it's solid enough. It's solid enough, and especially if you're grading on a curve, which I think you need to do with um, George Clooney-directed movies now because they are not um, as... We're also very forgiving of George Clooney, to be fair. We can be, but... How can um, you forgive that smile? I mean, it's I mean... Hard, uh, hard to be mad at that guy. Uh, yeah, exactly, but um, I'm not writing the guy. I'm writing the movie, and the movie is... Um, it's it's, tough, it's, it's Yeah, it's... But it's I, I really think it's beneath his talents. You know, this isn't yeah. the guy behind. This isn't the same filmmaker I feel behind Good Night and Good Luck or, or Confession of Danger, which is still his best movie. In I my think opinion. that movie's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's no Suburbicon, so that's good. Um, I still haven't seen that one. Oh, don't you're not missing much. Monuments Men. Really, I have not seen Monuments really bad. Men. And I want really to. Bad. I, I'm curious. about I it. was deeply excited for that film. Yeah. Deeply because I knew the story and I was like, "Oh man, this is going to make such a great movie." I On can't paper, wait for this. man, <laughs> and it's so boring. I think what would have made this movie uh, a lot better is that um, I think what what stops this movie. Let me rephrase it. What stops this movie from being as good as it can be, and this material this material can only be directed so well is that Clooney just does not focus on the aspects of it, which are the more, the, the most inspiring, the most invigorating, uh, the most exhilarating, which is the actual um, mechanics of the team and the sport. Yeah. Um, because when he, when he hones in on that, when he focuses on those elements, this movie really works and it works more than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, but we go back to so much of um, everything surrounding that on the outside and that just isn't interesting. It isn't novel. It's not told in a novel way. It's corny at points. It's corny, and you can only do so much. You know, if it's based on a true story, if it's based on someone's life story, uh, you can only you, you kind of got to follow the blueprint. There's not much deviation you can take without it being um, veering into like flat out fiction, uh, American fiction. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was for you, Nathan. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. Keep anyways, going. anyways, uh, this is solid. If this was, if it, I, I'm pretty sure, if this was like February or March, we'd be we'd be giving this a much better rating. But the fact is, we've seen better stuff. It's lately. weird. It's coming out now. I, it's weird. It's coming out now. That nobody, I, I can't believe anybody would think this is this is any studio's horse yeah. in the race. Yeah, 
No way. Well, it's hard to carve out your top ten without this movie. You know, just I know. To take you said that earlier. You said that earlier somewhere, Nathan. <laughs> 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 um, but there you go. I laughed at it. So All like, right, come on, come on, come on, come right, on. Okay, right, so yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and give this. Um, you know, this is solid enough, and we'd all like this if it came out at a different time, but uh, it is what it is, and it's the time of year it is, so there you go. So I'm going to give this, uh, even though ugh, Chris hates it when I do this, whenever I mention dead people. Oh, great. But, Terrific. Six and a half out of ten, uh, Rosalind Carter's, because uh, I'm legit sad that she died, and she was a hero of mine. I, I She's don't, the best not, first lady that we ever had in the post-war I, era. It's not so. that I don't mind you mentioning dead people. I hate it when you give reviews that have nothing to do with the thing it's we're my, talking about it, as, as you said to me a couple of times it's my final thoughts <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fair because no it's fair because i have interrupted you like lots of times i'm still judging you but nonetheless you are <laughs> not wrong so six out of, six and a half out of ten rosalind carter's yeah um i think i'd largely agree with everything that you're saying frank specifically especially about like I think that when it's actually in the middle of the sport itself, you're like, wow, this is gripping and it's really well shot and it's interesting. I know nothing about this sport and I know a lot more about it now and the intricacies. And honestly, when it's getting into the race scenes, it's exciting. I like towards the end, I found myself getting really into it. I'm like, you're sitting there like, go, go, go. Like, especially, I mean, come on, like you're rowing versus Hitler. There's a point. You're like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I feel personally invested in yes, it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all the stuff on the outside doesn't really work real well. There's so many just corny spots. It felt like Clooney only wanted to film the rowing scenes. It felt like the, he handed off everything else to some other As guy. a second unit type yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're like, I, all I want to do with these scenes, because they're done so well and everything else is just, eh. And again, Calum Turner, he's... As beautiful as he may be, he is not much of an actor. I'm Fucking sorry. wet sandwich. <laughs> Just a wet sandwich. Yeah, he's he's uh, any number of actors who've been like him in the past that we've talked about, like where you're like. Hollywood wants this guy to be a thing because he's so good looking and cut, but he's just not. It wasn't thing, as bad you know? as it, but it kind of reminded me of the boyfriend in Alita Battle Angel. Okay, yeah, I can and see I was that. Like, oh my god, that was pretty bad. Sucking the life out of this. What movie. if we had Dane DeHaan in there? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going to give this um, six out of ten. Uh, Mid Atlantic accents we never actually heard in this movie. I kind of miss the Mid Atlantic accent. Why did anybody talk like that on the radio? It felt like everybody should have been like, "Wow, Seattle's really pulling it together here, aren't they?" Oh yeah, I I, I cannot do one, but I do miss those. I can do a Mid Atlantic accent. How are you doing, Chris? They're they're great. I'm sad that's not a real accent outside of the movies. I I think of BB New Work when I think of Mid Atlantic accent. Strangely enough, but she's not purely Mid Atlantic. But that's not Mid Atlantic. No, it's not. But I think of her. I think of just that that inflection. And I just wish it had was a real thing like there's yeah. a whole region of the country that talks like that that would be i would move there yeah. just for that you should watch <laughs> uh, a movie called french exit sorry michelle pfeiffer because she does a mid-atlantic oh, accent God. in there <sighs> yeah just saying god i can't m- m- mention rosalind carter i can't mention michelle pfeiffer oh my god i didn't say you can't i just said <laughs> i'm disappointed reviewing with two hands tied behind his back 